Welcome to Why Though. We're your hosts, Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. We land somewhere in between Mother Teresa and Biggie Smalls, and we're just wondering, why though? We all have questions, from our existential crisis curiosities to our, hey girl, why your eyebrows look so good though? And we want to tackle all of those questions with you. And welcome back to Why Though. We are so pumped you are here with us today, wherever you might be, in your car, on the treadmill, doing laundry. I I am have more time in the car recently, <laughs> and I cannot even begin to tell you how much I'm enjoying podcasts once again. Now that Yay! I'm in the car. Oh I my gosh. Them. They're the best. You know, Ashley, as you all know, is an avid fan of car time. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't mind those 20-minute drives to get to places where I'm like, 20 minutes? That I could be in another country by then. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, really? What country are you I getting mean, to in 20 minutes? <laughs> I feel like it just feels like, I mean, I could watch a sitcom in 20 minutes. It just feels like so you far. You could, yes. <clears throat> but you're, you're LA. Like, you are so used to card time. You, I mean, it's a, it's your thing. You can do it. You also have the endurance for it, and you know I don't. So there well, we don't forget I was raised in a very small town. So anytime oh, yeah. you wanted to go anywhere, you, I mean, it was minimum 20 minutes to do anything well, worth same, doing. Well, same, girl. I, just, I mean, you know it was 30 minutes to my high school. Right, but you just can't handle it. That scarred you instead of making you love it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I did not. I mean, you and obviously I had time to pray as we we previously (laughs) talked about, which was beautiful. But I to go to the movies, I kid you not, was like forty five minutes. Yeah, totally. I get that. To go to Olive Garden, you know, Outback. Oh, the Olive Garden. Oh, we fancy. You went to the Outback? No, that was like Sometimes. a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Same. It was Outback very fancy. Was like, Somebody's birthday. Yeah, Outback was like, I, you guys, I legit was like, that's five-star. That's five-star as a kid. Because all we had was chains. And even the totally. chain restaurants were 45 minutes away. Yes. So, anyway. I relate completely. Oh, my gosh. Do you remember your first Olive Garden experience? We didn't go all the time. Like, my family, again, that was out of our, was out of our budget. But the times we did go, I remember thinking, I've, I've made it. This is the peak. It's, I'm at the Olive Garden. I think the first time I had the unlimited, um, you know, soup and salad, I was like, I'm never, why would I ever go anywhere else again? Right? I mean, ever. you just keep bringing me that delicious salad. The, that alone that dressing. will that dressing. bring me back. Oh my gosh. And the when little, they um, ask you how much parm peppers. you want. Yes. When all have, of it. Just oh. all the parm. Don't stop. Just Don't keep stop. going. Get it. Get it. Keep get going. Get that parm. <laughs> get that parm. <laughs> You do, you know it's so fun to make eye contact with them while they're doing it and make Correct. them so like no I'm going to get a clogged artery from how much permit you're going to give me because and this I realize this is a walk of shame but I feel no shame so continue None. oh my gosh no shame you know what though I'm the classic like when I should feel shame I don't and when I shouldn't feel shame I do you do we could have a whole episode on that you need we to know could. This about me. That's There's some things idea. that I'm like, wow, I should feel way more shame for this. The way I'm <laughs> dressing in the Publix, I should feel – Publix, not the store, but in actual public. You know what I'm saying? Just my waves in public. Um, I should feel so embarrassed as a grown woman to be dressed like this and with my kids with me. But nope. Nope. On rope, no shame. You and feel then, no embarrassing Oh no, and I, I There's so many times where I'll look at someone I'm like – I know you want me to feel embarrassed right now, but I just can't do it. I don't. I cannot muster up the energy to feel embarrassed. I don't. I don't got it in me. I think things are so funny instead of embarrassing. I don't know. I'm. I'm. It's a good quality to laugh at yourself. Maybe to a fault, as my problem is. But whatever. <laughs> then again, I carry shame. That's not mine to carry. So you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. <laughs> Nobody. Okay, we got all. We all got stuff to work through. But that is not what this is about today. So back to 
to the <laughs> well a little bit me. it's a little bit about that it's a little oh we're gonna go there i'm i'm i am very prepared for today's topic <clears throat> which as as we are transitioning now after we just had that little side note get information i just want to mm-hmm. say i'm so glad you brought up the olive garden in the first mm-hmm. three minutes of this episode Listen, you know why? Because we need to deconstruct our love of Olive Garden (laughs) and grow in our real love for Italian food. You like how I did that? You see what I did there? Oh my gosh. It was too good. Mm -hmm. That was like youth ministry 101. Thank you. I didn't even do anything with the youths. But listen. I I thought I wanted to. And then I didn't. I'm like, well, not for me. (laughs) Well, honestly, it's like the only way women could preach for a significant amount of time. So I can see why many women were like, I'm totally called to youth ministry. It's like, no, I just feel like I want to preach. And that's the only place they'll let me. That's that's another She just dropped a hot take. And it's not even that hot because it's been going on since church history began. But you know she's right. And everyone just, everyone looked at the people around them. And mm-hmm. it might have just been the people in the car next to them mm-hmm. and who didn't even know what we're talking about. Because they, they looked felt at the so Lord. Seen. Yeah. They felt so seen. <laughs> Look at you, Ashley. You're shepherding, even in your jokes. You're, You're shepherding. Welcome. This You're is welcome, how you people. do. Okay. Just it's like the youth you. ministers. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting a little free flow in these last few I'm weeks. I'm done now. I'm done okay. now. <laughs> okay. 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 But I just, but, but truly. Real Italian food, when you've had it, you're like, is this what life is like? Correct. You had no idea. You didn't know what it was. You didn't know. You You didn't didn't know. know. You'll still be sad about the lack of bottomlessness, but (laughs) (laughs) it for sure tastes better. (laughs) And it's not as heavy as you'd think. Exactly, because it's real actual food and not 19,000 preservatives. (laughs) So you're literally walking out there like a blimp. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hmm, why are my eyes puffy? I don't know. Yeah, because I, I ate now. 19 breadsticks. And a pound of parm. There we go. Okay. <clears throat> Today, in our second episode of Get Information, deconstruction and construction. Now, we've heard a lot. Uh, I feel like deconstruction is the buzzword of 2020 and 2021. It 2019, is right now. 2018 and 2019 was hold space. R.I.P. And now we've moved on to deconstruction, which I'm not mm-hmm. meaning to laugh while I say deconstruction because it is a not a laughing matter. Mm-hmm. Deconstruction and but we also want to talk about the power of reconstruction, deconstructing our faith, being able to pull apart that which formed us that was not for our good and was not for the good of others and that really wasn't of God. It was something we absorbed that was perhaps cultural or religious rather and religious to the specific sect or denomination we were a part of mm-hmm. rather than um, holy in anything we see in New Testament or anything we see exemplified by Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Mm-hmm. Yes. So deconstruction is something that I think is so important for us to talk about mm-hmm. Um because exactly what Tiffany said, it is a big buzzword. But as someone reminded me recently, it's something that people have been doing since the beginning of yeah. their religion and their faith. You know, deconstruction, while it's kind of like when justice became trendy too, right? Like right. all of a sudden you heard the word justice everywhere. And then, everywhere. yeah, and it was crazy. It's like people have been doing justice work actually since the beginning, but Come okay. And on. I feel the same with deconstruction. And, you know, there's yeah. some unfortunate things about it that we'll talk about today. But I do believe like it is a necessary part of spiritual formation for you to evaluate why you believe what you believe, who told you about it, where did you get it, and then think about, do I still believe this? And why do I still believe this? Why is this still important to me? And what do we need to keep from the faiths that, you know, maybe we want to get rid of a few things that that are more cultural to the church than they are biblical mm-hmm. to, to Jesus? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, and we have to do all that process, but it doesn't, it isn't bad. And I think that's really important because I think right now, 
in alongside the trend, just like justice, there is this whole camp that is like, deconstruction is bad. It's bad for your faith. It's blah, blah, blah. And I definitely do not land in that camp. I think it's an important part of your faith. But I think, I, you know, we, we all have to go through this. It's necessary. Yeah. And and it really, we're, we're boiling down to this idea where so many people look at the scriptures, Old Testament, New Testament, with only prescriptive eyes mm-hmm. rather than considering the context. So just as, just as Ashley said, depending on the scholars who influence the preachers or pastors you listen to or your own thought leaders in your life could have had a, a huge impact on how you see the Lord and how you see yourself, of course, how you see mm-hmm. others. And um, and deconstruction, it, it can be so life-giving. It can be so holy. Um, for me, it honestly brought a lot of liberation and freedom, and I've had a greater connection with the Lord. But what we aren't saying is deconstructing to the point that you are defining who God is. I just right. want to give some parameters to that, not to the point where you're deconstructing to the point where it only bends your way and you're cherry-picking scripture of what you agree with and what you don't agree with. And there's there's danger to that. There's So then you swing that pendulum the other way where, you know, I think of um, – and for those who live in the Pacific Northwest are familiar with a lot of the the <laughs> the arcs of churches that have you know been huge in this area. You know, I think of Mars Hill. I think of um, East Lake. There's a lot of churches in this area that were huge and made, got a lot of national attention um, in the early 2000s, 2010s, mm. and they don't even exist anymore. Mm. Um, you know, and so and and they grew drew huge crowds with this particular theology or particular way of looking at scripture, and then deconstruction or construction to such a point that it didn't even look like Jesus anymore. Mm. So there, so we do want to talk about that. There is some, there is a framework for this. There is, and if it's leading you closer to Jesus, if it's leading you closer to look like Jesus and follow in His way, the way of Yahweh, then that's something beautiful. Yes, I love that so much, Tiffany, and I think that's really important. I really think deconstruction started for me with walking in the justice space. So mm. the more and more that I learned about justice in the Bible, and I'm I'm not talking about specific social issues, but the more and more that I woke up to God's heart for justice, the reality that God is justice. And I had always internalized the idea of God being justice as God being this punisher and this Mm. guy who has to make things right. And, you know, I better not mess up. And I mean, I think that a little bit of that lives in all of us if you're part of the Western like culture, because that is sort of how God is taught to us. Um, And as I learned more about the way the Lord wants us to relate to one another, the way he calls me to love even my enemy, the way that he invites me to care for the poor and those who are struggling with disease and those who are outcast and marginalized, the, the way he invites me to think about women in the world, the way he invites me to think about someone like Zacchaeus in scripture, like this, this radical God of justice who loves everybody and who was very upset with religious leaders consistently. I feel like this God of justice ministered to me in such a way that the internal you know, tensions that I held with the faith community that I was a part of, I had to resolve them. It it Mm. got to a place where my inner convictions no longer lined up with corporate decisions and I had to make a change. But just like Tiffany said, it wasn't a change from Jesus. Like just because you leave a faith community or just because you leave a church does not mean that you're leaving Jesus. Say it again, girl. Come on. Yes, right. And that's so important for us to remember is that it does not mean you're leaving this God who loves you. It can actually be the very beginning of a journey of figuring out who God really is and and how you want to relate to him and how he wants to relate to you and love you. And I learned so much in the process of that. And 
And learning more about God as justice also helped me recognize the manipulation and control that was at play in some of my clergy leadership. I mean, I'm sorry, in some of my clergy relationships. Mm. So people who were, you know, spiritual leaders in my life, and and honestly, some of them gave me such rich and beautiful gifts. But the system that we were a part of at the time also gave me a lot of curses, and and, mm-hmm. and it was painful. But learning God as justice is actually what helped me recognize it. <laughs> so I think that this idea of deconstruction is scares some of the faith communities that we're a part of, because once you learn how loving God is, and how merciful God is, and how much He wants you to be liberated, as Tiffany already said, I feel like that gives us so much power to walk away from things that are painful, or hurting us, or hurting or abusing others. We are able to find the strength to walk away. And it's a beautiful, beautiful process and a necessary mm. one. I love that you included your reconstruction in that. I mm-hmm. really want to just stop and celebrate that because you just, you didn't stop with this was what was wrong and this is what repelled me and repulsed me. You then went to, but this wasn't Jesus. And that is why mm-hmm. I went about my reconstruction because mm-hmm. I didn't see Jesus. And so instead of going down that path or just being repelled and saying, okay, I'm done. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to continue on the path to find Jesus. And mm-hmm. that I just, oh girl, come on now. So mine, uh, my, my journey um, really revolved and, and very similar. You hit some some pressure points there, but this is Western individualism. And I think being a minority brown immigrant um, really played into my deconstruction because I grew up very rural. Uh, although we grew up on different coasts, there's, there's you know, we grew up, both grew up in small towns. We both grew up in um, red towns, red po- politically red towns probably. I mean, no, yours was North Carolina, something something different, isn't it? But mm-hmm. I, I grew up in a very uh, politically red zone. And um, so for me, it was this understanding, the deconstruction, that Jesus came not just for individual salvation, but for systemic change. And mm. that, again, justice and seeing that this this emphasis on just individual salvation, I, I was like, something's missing here because I'm seeing how people like me are treated, especially um, if you don't look like majority culture. Right. And, and, and you're like, if this is all he came for, is just individual salvation, I still have to suffer in ways by dominant culture on this side of eternity? Mm-hmm. Man, this stinks. I have to believe he came for more. Mm-hmm. And so in high school, when I really wrestled with the text and I really looked at the New Testament in the early church and just the way Galatians 3, male or female or slave or free Jew or Gentile, that just something just snapped in me. And I was like, I can no longer ascribe to just one way of seeing Jesus. Right. Um, if you look like this, if you sound like this, if you talk like this, if you dress like this, if you um, go to this kind of school, if you hang out with these kind of people, if you ascribe to um, this kind of way of spending your money, all of that just crumbled for me mm-hmm. um, in my adolescence because I'm like, wait a second. Wait a second. Also, I think, you know, this also came with the rise of the internet. So we were able to see how people were living in other parts of the world. That's right. And I was also uh, exposed, that's a new word, exposed to the global church and their suffering and, you know, thinking of just the hurt and harm that brothers and sisters around the world were enduring, whether you think of um, the underground church, whether you think of how women were treated um, in different parts of the world. I think especially being Indian and discovering more of the plight of Indian women who loved Jesus. So there was so much um, 
being unearthed in my own life at the time i'm like yeah i believe that jesus is a part of this he's he's not something the western church needs to go and implant on these people he's already there he's already right. at work and that's if that's right. the case he's for them and he's for their their plight in life and he's for their goodness and for their liberation and for their restoration and for their dignity you know so um as i grappled with my own place as being indian american it unleashed for me this reconstruction of everyone is equal in the kingdom. Therefore, I believe everyone's equal now, not just when we see Jesus face to face, but on mm-hmm. the side of heaven. And it is my job to contribute to that human flourishing. Um, and I remember one of my first sermons that I had ever preached, I was early early 20s. Um, and I said, if I want goodness for me, I have to believe it's you know, for the woman across town living in the Motel 6 with her two kids. Yep. You know, working at Walmart part time, or the woman across the world um, living in a brothel, and her and her kids are sitting in the corner while she does her business. Like, and yeah. and having and knowing these people intimately, and having a face and a name, and these these women became my friends. Whether it was a woman in India or a woman across town, and believing it was goodness for all, justice mm-hmm. for all, not in the American dream way, but in mm-hmm. a Jesus Kingdom way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really just that deconstruction of that evangelical church we're under attack our way is the only (laughs) way to wait a second i think the kingdom is better than we even dreamed Mm -hmm. and i i even now i just have to say in that reconstruction is still so juicy to me because it's so good when you see how Jesus works through us to bring others to the table and how beautiful the kingdom is, how diverse the kingdom is, how colorful the kingdom is, how many languages and tribes and tongues and ethnicities the kingdom invites. Um, And and sometimes in the morning when I'm just got some time with the Lord, if, if if I'm not running late and I got time to just minute and sit with my coffee, just like a good Christian girl would do in the morning. <laughs> and I, <laughs> that's a joke, people. Um, and I, sometimes I just, I, I'm just talking to him, Ashley, and I'm just like, oh, I just want your kingdom so bad. Yes. It's just so good. It just makes me salivate like a, like I want a dill pickle. Like yeah. I just salivate at what the kingdom is. And so if we can deconstruct all that has separated us from love and righteousness and goodness and connection, connection, and communication, and we can replace that with the way of Jesus in the world. Uh, you know, I uh, my pastor often says, in Tacoma as it is in heaven, you know, in Washington it is in heaven, in Pierce County as it is in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. I think that there's something something waiting for us there. Yeah, I love that so much. It is, it's really powerful. You know, we started talking about this a little bit at the end of last week's episode. If you haven't watched it, we encourage you to go back and, I mean, if you haven't listened to it, we encourage you to go back and listen don't to it. Don't watch us. You don't want to see what we look like right now. I mean, Ashley gets dressed in the morning. She puts on jeans. I do. She puts on hard I'm, pants. I'm currently wearing jeans. I love them. Um, but yeah, I we started kind of talking about this at the end. But, you know, when, when God handed down the Ten Commandments to Moses, it was for the flourishing of the covenant community. Come on, And girl. so we are these people who seek to honor and obey God, to have his kingdom come. And that means that we are able to connect with one another in such a way that it honors God, in such a way that it heals others, in such a way that it compels people to see the grace and goodness of God. Like if you are able to love an enemy, if you are able to welcome the stranger, if you are able to feed the the hungry, and if you are able to care for the sick, and if you are able to, you know, love your brother or sister who is currently incarcerated, like the Bible is so rich and full of the way we are 
are supposed to love people we don't think we are supposed to love. And the more that I engage with God that way, the same as Tiffany just talked about, the more that I want his kingdom here and that I want to be a part of a community, both a faith community and the people that I do life with who yeah. share that that deep abiding value because I want more of that in the world. And I, yeah. I don't want to be in a faith community or in a friend group or in, in spheres of influence where I have to fight against that more than I have to actually just be in it. I want people to have an awakening and an understanding of who God is. And we need, that's part of deconstruction and reconstruction. You need a support system. You mm-hmm. need mm-hmm. people who still love Jesus, who still, who are not bitter and angry all the time like bitterness and anger all of this is part of the process so if you're there it's okay but at the same time you want to keep some people around you who can remind you that actually the church is still good and god is still good and jesus is still good we need that reminder because if we forget that then our deconstruction can go down this path where we really don't ever return yeah Um, and or maybe we just spend a lot of of wasted years and i've seen that in people and Again, it's not bad. It's just there. It's that's their process, you know. Yeah. But it does not have to be that way. And I think it's important for us to know um, and to be reminded consistently that we have people who are for us, that love us, that see us as we deconstruct and then reconstruct again. And that you know, just because of our own experiences with faith communities and with people, because you never hear people deconstructing because of Jesus, right? Like you hear mm-hmm. people deconstructing because of their church experience or mm-hmm. because of the Christians in their life or the family that they grew up in, or yeah. that's why people deconstruct. So if you can keep yourself in a community that will remind you that love still lives here, that hope is still here, that there there is a beautiful future, that the kingdom of God wants to dwell where we are, then I think that you will have um, a better, more peaceful experience, even in the moments where you feel angry and bitter and hurt. I think that's really important. Yeah, the good news is still the good news. Yes. I also want to I want to point to what you just said about the importance of community in mm-hmm. reconstruction because I think one of the reasons I had to <laughs> I had to really get honest with myself is cuz I was I was charging a hill thinking I could charge it from the back and I wasn't hmm. the leader and I was yeah. in a place that didn't have the same values, but yep. I thought that that was okay. You know what? Cuz I could right. still do my part and I could still do this and in reality there was such a divide and there was such different values at play. Yes. And there and I you you hit this on at the beginning, but when church looks more like corporate America, when right. when your friendship group looks more like a gossip group, you know, all of these things when you're like, "Wait a second, this doesn't look like Jesus." That's right. This this looks like the American dream or the values of a society void of goodness, of a goodness yeah. culture. I think yeah. that there's so much to evaluate because that also, again, leads us to this deconstruction. Like, I'm not seeing Jesus here. Mm. And in fact, uh, but it, this is echoed in both of our stories. Uh, and I just want to outline that as we close this idea that the more we dove into scripture is what led us closer. Yes. The more we were able to contextualize, not just give a prescriptive lens, but yes. contextualize and see exactly what was going on in that time and space, mm-hmm. the more we were like, oh, wow, there's something good here for this time and space. Yes. There's something good here for this time and this people and this cultural moment. Yes. And it is it is exactly what we need. Yes, it's beautiful. And the kingdom of God is not like throughout scripture, we don't see it led by the rich and the powerful. You know, mm. like these movements of God were led by people who who were on the margins and who were yeah. not chosen very often and who had less opportunity to be God's favored than what we're taught today. And we need to internalize those truths because it changes how we relate to each other. And I want to read a quote really quickly from one of my favorite people, Ronald Rollheiser. And if you have not read The Holy Longing and you would like to go a little bit 
bit deeper, that is a resource I would love to introduce you to because it will change you. It's called The Holy Longing, The Search for a Christian Spirituality. And they have an audio book as well for those of you who are struggling to read during the quarantine like me. But I think this quote is just so beautiful about the church and reconstruction, deconstruction. It says this, the church is always God hung between two thieves. Thus, no one should be surprised or shocked at how badly the church has betrayed the gospel and how much it continues to do so today. It had never done very well. Conversely, however, nobody should deny the good the church has done either. Mm. It has carried grace, produced saints, morally challenged the planet, and made, however imperfectly, a house for God to dwell in on this earth. To be connected with the church is to be associated with scoundrels, warmongers, fakes, child molesters, murderers, adulterers, and hypocrites of every description. It also, at the same time, identifies you with the saints and the finest persons of heroic soul within every time, country, race, and gender. To be a member of the church is to carry the mantle of both the worst sin and the finest heroism of soul, because the church always looks exactly as it looked at the original crucifixion, God hung among thieves. Oh, Ah. sister and ladies and gentlemen, we will see you next week. That is so good, girl. We love you guys. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, listeners, remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit TiffanyBloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit AshAbercrombie.org. See you next week.